Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're listening. I'm Dan Turchin, CEO of PeopleRain and host of AI in the Future of Work. We bring you weekly digestible insights from leaders who are defining the future of work. If you enjoy the podcast, and I hope you do, register for our newsletter. Go to peoplerain.io slash podcast. That's people, reign, like the reign of a king, R-E-I-G-N, slash podcast for bonus content and insights from our guests. Two weeks back, uh, let's see, the first week of May, I sat down with Dan King and Lisa McKeown, principals at Fireside Strategic, a boutique management consulting firm. We talked about AI and the future of work, and specifically how digital labor is bringing out the best in humans. If you listen to the podcast frequently, you know I'm passionate about the opportunity we as a global community have to embrace intelligent technology to augment our own capabilities. But now in the future, what can be predicted as better left to machines? What requires judgment or intuition is better left to humans? That fusion of humans and machines creates an opportunity to reinvent ourselves like nothing we've seen since the first industrial revolution in the 18th century. Think about what you can do to augment your strengths at work by automating routine tasks and always having the best answer available just when you need it. That's the real future of work. AI isn't here to take your job, it's here to make you better. I expanded on these themes in the discussion with Dan and Lisa, and I had so much fun recording it. We thought we'd share the whole recording with our listeners this week. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Lisa and Dan here from Fireside Strategic. We're on a mission to help business leaders achieve great results through human-centered strategy. We believe that businesses don't need to choose between investing in their people and generating profit because it's the people that create profit. In the Fireside series, we're showcasing how leaders are transcending the challenges of the COVID-19 crisis and more broadly unite strategic and human thinking and leadership. It's Tech Week, and today we are excited to chat with Dan Turchin, CEO of PeopleRain, which is defining the future of work with AI technology that puts people first. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Lisa and Dan, such a pleasure to be here. I'm a fan of the podcasts and uh, proud to be here on Tech Week. Well, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your story for how you got here? Absolutely. The name of our company says it all. Technology is great, but people reign. R-E-I-G-N, like the reign of a king or a queen. Artificial intelligence and machine learning are so powerful, but really where they're most powerful is where they augment the capabilities of humans. So Lisa, like your intro, we feel so passionately about the need to apply some of these modern, sophisticated technologies to making life better. So every one of our customer deployments, we first start with a conversation about what it is that these technologies can do to improve lives. And the things that make me most proud are when customers come back and say, for example, uh, Yvonne is a friend of mine at a customer. She's a call center agent. And she told me for the first time she's able to, this is last year before the pandemic, but get out of the office an hour earlier, watch her kids' soccer games. To me, that is AI giving her an hour a day back that made her life as a parent, uh, as, a, as a spouse better. That's what's really happening with AI and machine learning. 
It's so such an interesting reframe of the conversation about the relationship between human work and AI, because so many people go into it with the assumption that AI is going to take our jobs and replace us all, right? But perhaps there's a more nuanced relationship we can look to build with AI. We talk about AI as being less artificial and more augmented intelligence. It's really this fusion of what we know as humans with the value of machine learning capabilities that makes us the best employees, the best humans possible. And what you're going to see in the future, really the future of work is employees actively engaging with machine learning models. Machine learning models uh, are at best artificially intelligent. They really require the input of humans, trained data, the right use cases. And people ran as an organization, we're really here to provide a technology, an AI-driven technology platform that makes it really easy for anyone who's delivering a service to an internal employee HR, IT, facilities, finance, legal, et cetera, to benefit from augmented intelligence. Could you give us a few more examples to bring to life what the technology can do? One that I'm perhaps most proud of, we have a customer that provides a managed IT services in pan-Europe. So based in the UK, but about 600 customers spread around Europe. And a proud moment for, for me and the team is that recently when they shifted to uh, remote work, they were called upon to address a 600% spike in technology-related requests as everyone was adapting technologies to homework. My my internet connection, my you know new apps. I you know need to supplement my hardware. All kind you know uh, Zoom issues, etc. 600% spike from their employees, and this in the face of an opportunity they had to uh, repurpose their warehouses to be able to deliver PPE. Um, this is to uh, the NHS in, uh, in, in the UK. And uh, as part of the partnership, we stepped up and we said, we can help alleviate some of the burden on the frontline IT workers so that you can both accommodate the 600% spike in requests and repurpose half of your frontline IT technicians to be able to deliver PPE to the NHS facilities. And that's a that's real. I mean that that's an example of where you know AI-driven automation from people rain played a, you know a not insignificant role in providing the PPE that was needed to help patients in hospitals around a large country, and meanwhile, you know, offloading some of the burden of addressing routine customer employee IT issues to digital labor. Um, and we feel like if you extrapolate that example out to the millions of businesses, the millions of opportunities that those businesses have to reinvest their most valuable resource, their people, in performing activities that uniquely require human capabilities, we're pretty pretty optimistic about, about the future. And that's just, just one very real but simple example of where an application like PeopleRain is making the world better. It's a powerful example. And it, it makes me think of, and I love the term digital labor, by the way. I hadn't heard that term before. Uh, have you by any chance read anything by Kai-Fu Lee on AI? Of course. Yeah, he's a legend in Silicon Valley. Um, one of the really interesting things that I got from him is that we now have an opportunity to be much more deliberate about who does what type of work, right? We can now appreciate that 
our humanity isn't going to be replaced. Our humanity can actually be leveraged. So AI can do so many things so much more effectively than humans. But when it comes to the doctor having the bedside manner, when it comes to actually engaging with people emotionally, humans have an edge. So now there's a real opportunity for us to step into our, our humanity and offload the things that we're less effective at to digital labor. What can be predicted is better left to machines, but what requires intuition or judgment is and always will be better left to humans. And so as we, you know, Kaifu Lee is a good example. We talk about, you know, the rise of China as an AI superpower, the whole globe benefits. When these technologies become commercialized and you can truly have digital labor or, uh, you know, an autonomous virtual agent address the routine needs of employees, you do exactly what we just said. You free up your live resource to manage issues that require intuition, judgment, empathy. That makes the employee's life better. It makes the agent's life better because all of a sudden that kind of roboticization, roboticization of the employee at the help desk goes away because now they're engaged in more fulfilling activities. That's incredible. That makes so much sense. So speaking of, you know, predictability, um, we are in a very strange time in history right now. The COVID-19 crisis has really upended a lot of industries. I'm very curious, how has this crisis impacted your company, your work, as well as that of your clients? So I think it's incumbent on leaders. I know we're in tech week here, not just tech leaders, but global leaders to think first about the impact of the pandemic on team members. And um, I'll give you, you know, an in the trenches example. Um, I now make a habit of starting all of my one-on-ones. I do one-on-ones with everyone on the team every week with, how are you? And it's a genuine question because I, I have two philosophies when it comes to culture. One is we create a safe place where every employee can do the best work of their life. And the second philosophy that we, we, we live as part of our, our, our culture, our mission, our vision, our values is we hire the whole person. And so during the pandemic, it's an opportunity for us to live that value of hiring the whole person. So I genuinely care about each team member's family and how are they managing childcare, elder care? Are they feeling isolated? Is there something that the company could do to make them feel more fulfilled or uh, less anxious about potentially a return to work? What can we do to ensure that as we're allowed to get back into an office, uh, unlike this is a recent Gallup poll, 70% of employees say they're actually scared to go back to work. And at People Rain, I want to set an example of not making anyone feel like they're being coerced into doing something that because of their family situation or because of you know other new kind of anxieties that 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 they're carrying around that they feel like being a team member of people rain somehow you know it, it impedes the life that we live outside of people rain um, so i i look to leaders like uh, whether it's one of our local tech leaders mark benioff made a, a no layoffs pledge I, examples like doug mcmillan who's the ceo of walmart you know, we can debate some of the labor practices of Walmart, but Doug McMillan raised salaries 
across the board for frontline workers in Walmart stores, 12 to 15 percent. We can look to examples like a gentleman named Brett White, who's the CEO of a company called Cushman and Wakefield, a property management firm. And uh, he went and he, he open sourced a blueprint that they have for safely returning to work. They call it the six foot office. And so I, 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 I really respect the leadership of a lot of these leaders, CEOs, you know, sometimes people you've heard of, sometimes people you haven't, but that are really um, going above and beyond to invest in better employee experiences, make, making people feel, feel comfortable with what's ahead, even though none of us are really, uh, none of us are certain, but at least as leaders, we can share openly what we know and do our best to support uh, some of the new anxieties that uh, that our employees have as as we reopen the workplace. Yeah. I love it. Beautifully, beautifully said. And you know that it's as if for all leadership, there is a spectrum of how we lead. And I feel like the spectrum on one extreme has fear, and on the other extreme has love. It sounds a little corny, but the more we move in that direction of love, right, the more honest and open our relationship with our employees is. And I just reflect back to my experiences as an employee um, and how often I, I felt scared, how often I didn't feel free to be my whole self at work. And when you can really enable someone to do that, the performance is going to go absolutely through absolutely. the Absolutely. It's empowering. Now, now more than ever, it's the time to be genuine and vulnerable. And sometimes, you know, just the simple question of, you know, really, how are you? Um, and, and realizing that what might seem like, you know, w- wasted time in that one-on-one to talk about, you know, the next project or the next deadline, it's the best use of time right now. To invite, you know, we, we make a point of, you know, on our weekly all hands, we invite kids and we invite spouses and pets because we all realize that we're sheltering in place with the extended families and and just never want anyone to feel like uh you know we don't appreciate that there's there's depth to who they are and more than ever you know part of um investing in the whole person is really making sure that they feel like um people reign and our 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 family work team you know embraces their whole person yeah and today we're seeing this line between work and personal life blur so it becomes almost ridiculous, almost impossible to try to even keep that there, to try to stick to that. And I love that you're really embracing the fact that it's blurring and even you know, growing that out to really continue down that mission of getting to know the whole person. Yeah, it's a bit of a cliche now, but we frequently use the term building back better. And so we're, you know, we're not trying to limp back to the office, you know, we feel like we're going to emerge, you know, proud of who we are, proud of our mission, proud of each other with a, you know, a different enhanced shared sense of purpose. Um, And so, you know, every day we're really thinking about, you know, why we're here, why we're so invested in what we do, you know, why helping, you know, this customer in the UK deliver PPE is what we're all about. You know, the opportunity to take some of the amazing technology that we've developed and use it to save lives in ways, look, you know, years ago when we developed it, we never anticipated a pandemic or, you know, weren't certainly weren't using the acronym PPE. And all of a sudden, 
you know, people rain has been thrust into, you know, the limelight and, you know, to, to, uh, to use another, I think a beautiful phrase that uh, was coined by Stuart Butterfield, who's the CEO of Slack. Um, he said, uh, this is to his team recently, we were built for this. And I, 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 I reflect on that and, you know, it's really inspired me. And I, I, I've shared that with my team as well. We were built for this. This is when, this is when leaders lead. And I feel like we will build back stronger. It's amazing. So as, you know, as time moves on, as we hopefully soon move past this pandemic, what are some of these goals that you have for the future of people, Rain, and your team? Yeah. So what has inspired us most is realizing that beyond the application of digital labor to make work life better for employees at large companies, kind of the founding vision of the company, um, there's a higher purpose. And so, you know, realizing that when we're in a healthcare organization or a manufacturing organization, you know, we can take the same kinds of use cases or the same technologies and think more broadly about the benefits that our, our technology can have, not just on work life for employees, but on the lives of the extended communities that our customers support. And so I think it's, um, in a beautiful way, it's made us think even more broadly about you know the the kind of dent in the universe <laughs> that we can make as a as a small team, but you know very committed to what we do, very passionate about our products, and very committed to our customer success. But all of a sudden, you know, it's given us uh, permission to think even bigger about you know how we can take our mission, our vision, our values, and you know really have it uh, you know impact you know, global citizens and help to potentially flatten the next curve, maybe save lives. That's something that I think we didn't, we didn't even give ourselves the, the permission to dream that big in the past, but now we will. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Imagine applying the same philosophy of bring your whole self to work. And when you're with employees, do a one-on-one -on -one and really, really care when you ask them that, how are you question? Imagine if the average CEO did know more about who they truly were inside and outside of work, and then connect that with your technology, right? So the more that a company knows about what it, who its employees truly are, the more creative you'll be in applying the technology. That's the vision. And making sure that we dispel some of the myths about AI and job elimination and you know, the bot apocalypse, these are, uh, these are fabricated. So AI is here to augment human intelligence. And you know, the more we can educate leaders, about the benefits of applying AI to making work life better, I think the faster you know we, we can we can achieve some of the, the vision that we talked about earlier. What are you doing in order to educate some of the leaders? Because you are kind of working against the grain here of general belief. Yeah. So we um, we teach a course called AI and the Future of Work for business executives. And a lot of the course is uh, sharing case studies from organizations that have achieved kind of AI maturity in, instituted in their business process. And so we'll go through, you know, McDonald's, for example, how they've transformed how they deliver IT service across 40,000 restaurants and 2 million employees using AI technology. And so we actually break it down, who's involved, what the leaders did, 
how they deployed it, what were some of the obstacles, how they measured success. We talk a little bit about the data science and the importance of data security and privacy and some about a little bit about how AI and data modeling works, but mostly it's about um, less about the how and more about the why in a way that hopefully inspires leaders to realize that um, if you think bigger than uh, you know the potential downside of you know some of the some of what's in the popular press about AI, and instead you open your mind to the possibilities of augmenting human intelligence, and you know you can achieve amazing results that you never thought possible. And so, what are we doing? We're we're starting you know at a very grassroots level, trying to educate the next generation of leaders to think about you know the 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 amazing capabilities of this technology because it's here and it's going to dictate the next wave of innovation that we're going to be, you know, living with, getting better with, being becoming very comfortable with, you know, for the next decade or two, even more so than previous, call them cataclysmic technology shifts, you know, the internet, mobile computing, cloud computing, even, you know, uh, client server to desktop, you know, all these waves of innovation, we're now on the cusp of what we call the fourth industrial revolution. And the fourth industrial revolution is defined by AI-driven automation. So what we're trying to do is educate leaders about how to really embrace that fourth industrial revolution. There's some Luddites out there today. And we all know that in the first industrial revolution in the 18th century, the Luddites didn't fare too well. We want to make sure that all leaders are in a position where they're less Luddite and, uh, and more the ones that are gonna be on the right side of technology innovation for at least the next decade. I love that. And you know, when this new technology is becoming more commonplace, there are so many different ways that it can be used. And I love that your choice as a CEO of a company that uses AI is to teach CEOs how to use this to empower their people. That is such a, the fact that you're so mission driven, the fact that you're so value driven, you're not just letting this technology float around and do whatever, you're actually taking this and directing it towards a really important cause. And I think that is such an important step in helping people more broadly accept this technology when they see that it could be used for something so good. Leaders are thirsty to be educated about the business benefits of AI. We find it's a, uh, it's a topic where there's um, a lot of apprehension, uh, a lot of um, uh, false information. And so we feel like just creating you know, an environment where they can come together with their peers, ask very elementary questions, but leave feeling pretty enthusiastic about some immediate things they can do to spearhead an AI initiative. Uh, you know, we feel like beyond the benefits of our technology, that's a way that we can really, really make an impact. And uh, you know, that's something that our whole team is really passionate about, really changing the narrative about how AI will be used to make lives better. And kudos also that you're giving people the freedom to ask really one-on-one questions, because one of the things about leaders, uh, I, know, I know for myself, and I like to be right. I like to be seen to be right. I like to be seen to be smart, right? And so in those moments where we feel the freedom to be seen for what we truly know and being okay with that, it's a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, the more power you accumulate as a leader, the easier it is to insulate yourself. Um, 
from this sort of context. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that you're giving people the opportunity to start with a beginner's mindset. So the course project, so it's, it's a, it's a one day exec certification course for AI technology. And, uh, the, the kind of the, the, the keystone of, of the course is that they go off and present to their peers uh, the kind of blueprint for their first AI initiative. And it's so gratifying to see the difference between, you know, from when they come in and they're kind of nervous and looking sideways and, you know, afraid of uh, exposing themselves as, you know, being novices to at the end when, you know, they're, they're dreaming big and they're, you know, you can just see you know, they're, they're, they're excited about what they're about to do. And they have, you know, ideas they never thought they could, could have, you know, how we're going to, you know, transform, you know, the experience of, you know, ordering food in a drive through you know, things you don't come in thinking, this is a ripe opportunity for, for AI, or, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, accelerate the delivery of PPE to hospitals, things that don't seem like they're tailor made for technology driven initiatives. But after learning about some of the principles of AI, you realize that any human problem, any business problem can be accelerated or improved with data applied in the right way. So it's just it's just magical seeing, you know, these leaders graduate feeling like, you know, they're really empowered to go make a difference. So perhaps rather than AI diminishing humanity, AI can enable one of the most important aspects of our humanity, which is our creativity. Right. That's the beautiful irony. Um, so Dan, listen, it, it's been an absolute blast. I really, really enjoyed this conversation as we, we start to, to come towards the end. We always like to ask our guests, you know, we're reflecting on this serious moment and we're reflecting on serious subjects in business and leadership. But we also like to bring a little bit of lightness into the equation and ask, you know, we've all been quarantined. We all need to meet our human needs. And one of those needs is for fun and, and lightness. And so have you been able to have some fun in quarantine? And if so, how? We've been doing three things for fun at home, not just three, but three that, three that are top of, my, uh, top of mind. One, um, we spend inordinate amounts of time jumping on our trampoline. Best investment ever. So yeah. I, I have two kids, ages 10 and 12, and uh, man, we're getting a quad workout every day. Thing of beauty. <laughs> Number two, um, Dan and Lisa, if you need any homemade slime, we have, we have a lot of it. <laughs> it Good, it's oozing from our pores. <laughs> uh, we make a lot of slime. Uh, and uh, the other thing that we've been doing for fun is that my girls who are so much smarter than me at 10 and 12, I mean, they're, they're smarter than I am now, only they're 10 and 12. Um, they've been helping me relearn to play piano um, mm -hmm. after a, a good 30 years of, uh, of, of, uh, of not, the tickling the ivories. Uh, so we've really been enjoying that. And I, I really have gained a lot of respect for them. They're uh, exceptionally good and better than I will ever be at playing the piano. But nonetheless, three things we've been doing uh, for fun in quarantine. That sounds wonderful. All you need in life is, you know, music, technology, and slime. So you've got it under control. I remember reading that in a philosophy book somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> Look, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, we learned a lot. I honestly, even just through this conversation, learned so much more about AI and its potential. And I love how you're using this technology to really transcend the challenges of this situation and beyond. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I so enjoyed this. Thank you for having me.